guys yeah. ready? Yeah. All right. Going live. Here we go. Good morning. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 61 of Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am Pooch of Repcord. With me today, as always, my trusty sidekick, Mr. Andrew Mayhall, of founder of and co-owner of 3D Gloop. Uh, welcome, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm doing great as always. How are you? Great as always. That was very convincing. Uh, and with <laughs> us, with us uh, are Melissa and Nate Apter of Cookie Cat, our special guests uh, today. Guys, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. You're coming uh, from New York. Is, is that right? Yeah. That's right. Awesome. Well, welcome. Thank you for being uh, part of the discussion today. We've got a great episode teed up. I've got a lot of hard-hitting journalistic questions that I want to ask you guys, uh, each more intense than the last, so be prepared for that. Uh, but before before we dive in on that, we got to do our housekeeping, right, Andrew? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I didn't I didn't warn Nate and Melissa about this, but uh, you guys we always share a win for the week because we're a positive positive energy podcast here. So you guys get to think of something good that happened. It doesn't have to be business related. It can be business related. It can be personally related or whatever. Uh, and a Andrew's going to go first as always, so that uh, you have a little bit of time to think on it, uh, unless he wants to defer, in which case I will go first. Your choice, no, Andrew. I got this. You got this. Andrew's I got, got it. Andrew's got it. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you're in the chat, share your win for the week, please, with us as well. I have wins. I can share wins. Mm. Good. Okay. I mean, you, want the, you want the more relatable one or the nerdy one? We'll take as many wins as you've got, Nate. Uh, well, you want to? You want to? You want to lead off then for us? Let's uh, give Andrew a spare. Spare him. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew's trying to think of a win. Yeah. Uh, well, we our uh, new Elixir line came into stock this week. Ooh. Um, Tell us about that. Available now. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a new shiny, sparkly line of filament we have. That's exciting. Okay. And then, uh, awesome. what's the nerdy one? Or was that the nerdy one? The nerdy one. The nerdy <laughs> one is that we that after a lot of work, we figured out how to get uh, the STLs that are coming out of uh, Cadet and our Cookie Cat software to be manifold. Ooh. Oh. Totally that is that time. is a nerdy win, but that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Manifold yes, is always a, good. We have a lot of triangulation issues, and. Uh, it, and uh, we uh, we found a good solution. So we're we're nice. we're uh, we we haven't actually gotten into the to the the details of what what Cookie Cat does yet. But Nate is uh, alluding to some of it. So they obviously they, they sell filament in the three D printing world. And they also have some really cool software package that we're going to dive into uh, in a second. But those are awesome wins. Thank you for sharing those. Uh, Andrew, you're up. What's your win? Well, guys, I mean, I think I got to go with the win was I didn't have to go first. This week, That's right? a fantastic win. <laughs> <laughs> we had our guest. We had our guest. No, no. You're welcome. <laughs> my, my, my actual win is, is uh, we actually got some really awesome new equipment in um, that should help uh, with streamlining production and, you know, increasing the overall capacity for Gloop. So, you know, 
That, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, the automation tools and things that make our production lives easier are just like such the best wins, man. I love, I love yeah. that. I'm happy for you on that front. That's great. I, I love hearing about your lab. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, on my front, I'm going to just take uh, schools out for summer, baby. The kids are off. So it's like a win and a, a terror yeah, all a at the same time. <laughs> Uh, it's a win for my kids, so I'll give them that win. Uh, but honestly, as they've gotten a lot older, like they are just infinitely more fun uh, to hang out with. So we got some good summer plans coming up, some camps. Um, we're massively into you know board games and puzzling, and so I'm just I'm excited to actually just be outside more. We've been doing a ton of uh, of paddleboarding. I live around a. I'm very spoiled. I live at a lake, and so we we've been getting out on that lake almost on the on the daily it seems oh, awesome. at least i have wow yeah so that's <laughs> that's my win it's my they, that's where uh, i get sick what's that how many days you guys have left i'm saying when the kids come home they give me the count yeah <laughs> so what, what are you guys yeah, at so now you oh, about a week yeah yeah so nice. all right so we've we've already we've been bouncing around this but why don't you guys give us one, the background story, the origin, because I know you both have kind of some unique business backgrounds already, and then you know how you guys came together, and also, you know, it, you you have kid. How many kids do you have, and what's what's life like for you guys right now? There's a lot there to All unwrap. Right. So when my son was about three or four, Nathan came home from a maker fair, the one in Queens, and I think he saw Crucia there. I think you met Joe that time. Yeah, they were a little, a little company. Um, uh, and... There were a few little like 3D printer booths. It was when it was just getting started. They all looked like, uh, you know, they all looked like Frankenstein machines. <laughs> um, anyway, he came home and he wanted a 3D printer, but they were upwards of a thousand dollars at that time. And he's like, he thought he had to like beg me or something. He's like, please, can I get one? I can make you <laughs> cookie cutters. This one person is I was just looking for cutters. a like, uh, uh, I was just looking for like an excuse, you know, like some kind of justification <laughs> to spend $1,600 on this. Ooh, that's how much. <laughs> anyway, I was a pastry <laughs> chef at the time and I was making custom cakes and cookies. So he's like, oh, I could make you any shape you want, cookie cutter, you can use it for your designs. Right. You so go. I was like, do whatever you want. You're allowed to have hobbies because he had a full-time job at that time. He had a software company with mm -hmm. his mom. Anyway, he came home, got this printer. It was insane looking, wires everywhere. And I'm like, are you sure that's not going to blow up our house? <laughs> um, but got it going and I'm like well now that you have it I do have an idea in mind and I needed this like captain's wheel for a cake and it's a very intricate design with like lots of curves and grooves and it's no one sells a cookie cutter like that mm. so wow. I gave him a, an image and he made me a really really terrible cookie cutter but it worked and I, I put it on the cake somewhere I have the cutter oh you have the cutter somewhere I should get it I should bring it to our shows. It's like flimsy, it can like, and it's not TBU. It shouldn't bend. But anyway, I put it up on my website and I got like a lot of messages. Where did you get that design? How did you make it? 
So I opened an Etsy shop and started selling cookie cutters. Um, ones that, you know, fit my design. So I would like post the cakes and then post the images and I started selling. So after a while, he got annoyed um, that he had to keep modeling the cookie cutters for me. So he wrote me a script as all programmers do. Yeah. So that he wouldn't have to do all that work every time. So he made me my little script cookie cutter maker um, while he still had his software company. The benefits um, of marrying he, a nerd right there, huh? Yeah. yeah. And then once he sold the company, he's like, well, I've never worked for anyone. How do I go to having a boss? Let me just mess around for a while and figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do the cookie cutter software. He's like, no one's going to need it. I'm like, I'm telling you, I go to shows. I go to cookie con and people cookie con? there. Cookie con's a thing? Where, like where is that? I, I need to go to that. It's like Murph's. Yeah. Okay. Like a thousand women and three men, and they nerd so out. The opposite. Cookies. The opposite of Murph. That's it's light. It's the yeah. I, I, now I have multiple out. reasons I need to go to this. Where is Cookie? <laughs> Let's stay on this for a second. Um, the next one is in Florida. It moves around every few uh, months. They okay. try to you know, find um, different areas to help people get there easier. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people there were starting to buy printers to make cookie cutters. There was a big market. And so I thought other people would need this software as well. So we launched it right before COVID and right. It was around like, that. Yeah. I mean, like we a launched, year maybe. Yeah. The first thing we did year. was we just sort of released it for free. Mm -hmm. Um, and that version's still free just to make cookie cutter STLs with, uh, from an image. Right. So you could draw an image, upload it, well. and it will just create the cookie cutter STL that you can download. So we called it cookie CAD because it was cookie cutters plus CAD software, but all you need to do is upload your line art, your images, and it makes the whole model for you. And then you can just go print it. And if you guys oh, want to wow. check this out, there's a link in the description to their website. That's it's directly on the website, right? It's a browser based, uh, Yes. Set up. The first, the first 3D printing exhibit that we did yep. was at CookieCon, not at a 3D printer show. Mm. Yeah. Which is we went to CookieCon. We had a 3D printer. We were blowing everybody's minds. Right. Uh, I mean, that's and, that's such that's that, a great way to do everyone's it. Using, yeah, everyone's using Fusion, and these people that are making cookie cutters, they're bakers, they're pastry chefs. Yep. They don't care to learn how to 3D model. They yeah. just need what they need right. quickly. And so that's what Cookie CAD started as. It has a lot more applications now, cake toppers, um, clay, a lot of polymer clay mm -hmm. makers use it. Um, Ceramics. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then, where... and then that led into the filament and you can explain how that happened. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, selling cookie cutters and I wanted them to be pretty. Of course. So I had like two colors that I really liked and the filament was always out of stock and mm -hmm. a lot of the other shades, like it wasn't the right shade of pink. I'm like really weird about that. It was like pretty, <laughs> but not pretty enough. So I'm like, I wish I could just make my own filament. And then, I mean, she was, you know, as a cake decorator, she's always been working with colors. She airbrushes the cakes. And so she's got this like eye for color. And like most of the companies that were making filament 
were just met at the time it was like red green blue you know and they all had sure sure uh, you know and it was all like just sort of like uh you know engineering type firms that were just like okay let's make some consumer filament but it was not there weren't like nice colors the only gradients out there on the were market a few. a few companies they were a lot more expensive than i wanted to spend for mm -hmm. the time i wasn't i think at the time my we business wasn't used, very big you had like a you had like a mint green and a and a pink we liked from hatchbox or something but that mm -hmm. was it mm -hmm. and, and they kept getting sold out i, right. I couldn't because i don't know why I remember when I was first getting started too, the, the, my frustration would be around like even batches of the same supposed color wouldn't match yeah, like between variations. So yeah. obviously you, you share a similar trajectory as we did where it's like you identified a need and you said, you know what, it's just gonna be better if we control as many of these variables ourselves. And so necessity birthed the business for you, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it was really basically when we started, it was kind of like we were just kind of running a few different experiments, you know, at the same time. And we're like, hey, what if we just put some filament out there? And so we we looked for someone to work with that would like make the colors and designs we want. The only transitions on the market at the time were just rainbows. There were a bunch of different rainbows. Yep. That was about it. And Melissa was like, well, what if we just did these two color variations? And that's where, you know, one of our first the first transitions we did was like the unicorn and the mermaid. Um, and there wasn't really anything much like that out there. Um, and then they started getting really popular and it started picking up. And I, I, you know, initially I thought I'm like, oh, the filaments, you know, a bit of a side hustle. We'll yeah. put some filament out there and we'll see what happens. Um, but it's, 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 a, it's been growing like crazy. What, what That's I, awesome. what I think is awesome to, to hear and where I see some of the best, most successful businesses as they grow that are leveraging 3d printing in some kind, it's, it's looking at that tool set and how do I apply it to another community that has just a massive mm -hmm. following and what is the value add for you guys? You identified very early the people that are into this, uh, you know, the culinary arts, the baking and all that stuff are not tech people. Right. And so how are you bringing something to them that's novel? Of course, they're going to want to do business with you, given that you have this expertise and background and that whole thing. And, and I imagine, was there anybody else showing off 3D printing when you went to this first cookie con? There was not a lot of the companies selling cookie cutters were utilizing 3D printing, mm. but they would bring their cookie cutters 3D printed um and then we would actually bring printers and see, people would be like oh see. that's how it's done yeah. and then they really got into it so i mean these people were spending uh, a ton of money on cookie cutters because anytime if you're a baker and you get an order and you need mm -hmm. to make 100 cookie, cookie cookies you're probably cutting those out you know each shape out by hand yeah but if you have a 3d printer you put in the shape you want 20 minutes later you can just boom 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 Right. And so and then we have this people yeah. from ceramics, polymer clay jewelry, you know, it's all the same sort of thing where they just need to cut out specific shapes. Yeah. So you're creating mm -hmm. the tool and I love it because it's like I call it the Levi Strauss model. You're 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 selling pickaxes and jeans to the miners, not mining for the gold yourself. So you've identified yeah. a business need right. uh, and, and you're making their life better because they're not having a hand cut. So obviously there's a massive B2B value proposition in offering them better tools to do what they do. 
Um, yeah, and I really like what you're saying about like going into various other industries. I feel like that's really each time there's another little boost on the 3D printers, it's just some other area where people have figured out um, this could use some custom on demand items. And then yeah, every sure. time one of those areas gets uh, identified by someone, um, you know, suddenly there's all these people that have a need. Yeah. And, and it's it's interesting as a tool set, we talk about 3D printing all the time on this because that's kind of our background, obviously, as well, uh, even though we talk about general maker entrepreneurship. It's one tool, but never before have we seen anybody like get like a community center around a tool in the way that they do around 3D printing. Like there is no drill press community. I keep saying there's no band <laughs> saw community. No band saw on the table there's saw. There's no table yeah. saw community. Of, yeah, there's woodworking, yeah. but it's they're, they're generalized to entire tool sets, mm -hmm. right? Not like yeah. one particular tool. So it's like at the heart of it, yes, the printer is just a tool and it can have application in a number of different areas you guys have identified a great use right very quick and easy customization at low barrier to entry as compared to historically mm -hmm. having to injection mold something and pay thousands of dollars for a mold or whatever else you know it might be or like you said bakers have been hand cutting these things or probably hand bending you know metal cookie cutters mm -hmm. or however that you know was done uh stamp, yeah. stamping forming whatever that, that process yeah. was so really cool application. I've actually talked to a couple of um, uh, people and I've been always been amazed that there's a number of companies that I know that do like cookie cutter subscription boxes and the amount of money that is in that. Because obviously, you know, it's like on a monthly basis, you can drop like, oh, you know, we've got uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. And so we'll do theme. Right. Every holiday. Every yeah, holiday. We have a 3D printing subset community in cookies. There's the there's yep. their subscription boxes. There's a company that has a subscription to SDLs, cookie cutter SDLs. And they drop. Oh, interesting. Every month. Yep. It's they just yeah. STLs. That's why. Yeah. They'll design the cookie cutter STLs. So like. I don't know, a unicorn holding balloons, a set of numbers, you know, for cookies, mm -hmm. because cookie decorating has really become its own art. Who knew form? the cookie decorating community was so advanced? Leading yeah. the way. This, this company, this subscription model, like predates, you know, Cinderwing and all the uh, oh, yeah. dragon subscriptions. And the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, wow. and, and now that we've got stuff like, um, you know, chocolate printing coming online. Yes. And we've I've, been sugar Ellie, uh, and I've been telling Ellie that she needs to be at Cookie Con for, I don't she know. She should totally go to Cookie Con. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be on her, on her radar. That's where her customers are at. Yeah, yeah man. Um, but just, the, you know, the, the opportunities around just like the culinary world and, and all that stuff and the, what, what that unlocks on the artistic side and not just the artistic side, but obviously the, like getting into a more efficient production mechanism. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my shop is located next to, um, a cabinet maker and last year he bought his first like automated CNC platform and he was just like. I can make a set of cabinets in like a day that took me like a week. Like it's, wow. it's amazing. All these <laughs> industries that are realizing like, Oh my God, automation tools enable a whole different caliber of business. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I'm sure that exists in baking and all these other spaces as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So okay, more so, more origins. Go ahead, Andrew. You, you yeah, me. yeah. Well, I was I was curious if we can dive in a little bit on the early days on the software side. Um, you know, so Nathan he had a software company, um, right? And so, like, could you kind of uh, you, you know um, elaborate a little bit on on kind of why you decided to go this route a little bit more, or yeah. you know, sure, what are yeah, some yeah. Things? yeah. Um... So my my background was in software. That that's always been my background. I mean, I'm uh, I think I got like Visual C plus plus as a bar mitzvah present. <laughs> that's a solid <laughs> present right there. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so I, I've been you know I've been coding for a long time. I know that. Um, uh, you know, I think my first experience with it was some library book where it was like you can just go on the computer. I mean, you know, you know, my my mom through work had a computer when I was a kid and it was a monochrome green and black screen. And mm -hmm. so, um, that, that I've been doing for a long time. And then what happened was I was out of, once I, when I finished high school, um, I did like a summer thing and I wrote a program for my mom to scan in paperwork. And she, okay. she went to some trade show kind of similar to like, I guess how we started here. She went to a trade show, and she was like, this was in 2000 ish. And she was like, everybody's using paper. Uh, there's a market for the software to help them scan it in. She was in healthcare billing. Okay. She had a health. Yeah. She had a medical billing company. Okay. So there was tons of paperwork needed to be scanned. Yeah, I mean, she had filing cabinets and filing cabinets, you know, every, every healthcare facility just had tons oh, of filing sure. cabinets. You created a virtual filing you know, cabinet. You, yeah, so you I went into your the little icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you went into your doctor's office, and there was just tons of filing cabinets. Everything was paper, mm -hmm. um, and people's reaction to switching from paper to electronic was kind of similar to what people say now. Why do I need that? No, right. that's <laughs> the way I've been doing things has been fine. And so we, so we were like, we, so she's like, we should launch this. So I kind of put college on hold at the time, and we started this new company uh so she had her medical billing practice we started a software company called medforce okay. technologies um and we rewrote the software so it could be marketable and then we grew we hired other people and we added uh, workflow management we over the years we added a bunch of other packages we had a business process management suite we had a all uh, in the healthcare various, yeah edi stuff just other things that kind of fit into our business efficiency kind of it grew into a little bit more over time um and you know it was just early early days was just scanning paperwork eventually that became a little bit more commoditized we added business process management and various other things that went around it e-signature yeah okay. and then we yes that's true we saw uh we did sell the e-signature software just before a few years before covid and then and then suddenly docusign like, flew through the roof oh wow you could have been wow. yeah but no so in, in 2018 uh we sold that company and i thought about sticking around in healthcare but that life was very stressful like the software that we sold because of the companies using it we had to be on hand hipaa uh, also compliant yeah i read the hipaa sure. manual that jeez you read the blood for punishment man yes yeah so it was, it was couldn't pay me enough so 3D printing was a hobby. Yeah. Uh, that was my really my my background, and I 
uh, and it was B2B and I was like, but it was very, it was very stressful, right? I, I, I remember we had a company call us on the night before July 4th uh, weekend and like the afternoon, it was like four something PM and they're like, this thing isn't working and we got to have it up and running. And then like suddenly I have to be asking our people to work on the phone. Oh, no. It's just awful. I oh, hate wow. it. Uh, but there's no choice, right? These these things were patient critical, and and uh, you got to be running 24/7. I thought about sticking in it I, for a little bit, and then while we were doing that, um, we took the cookie cutter software and made a free web version, and then we had uh, a ton of people just being like, "Can we pay for this because we're using it for our businesses?" Yeah, and it was my first business to consumer kind of thing. Everything before that was always sure. B2B. Um, but it does sound like it, it still is your, mm -hmm. like the core business is like other people that are running a, a professional. It's a little, yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of it is still B2B because they're using it for their businesses, um, but they're small businesses. So right. it's always like that one person. Sure. It's like, yeah, I mean, it just, still feels like you know the small business model is much more like consumer than b2b so for example all of the 3d printing shows because they're consumer oriented or small business oriented are always on the weekend right. our shows in healthcare were always during the week because because sure. everybody's on company time when they're there right you know right. um the people that we're dealing with are mostly the business owner right you're not we're not dealing with some right you know right. uh someone who's like you know 15 steps down the line and that sort of thing so uh, I want to ask you guys, uh, I think just for entrepreneurs in general, and we've talked, we've talked to some partners before last week, we had a, we had a duo that was on and we've had other partnerships and mm -hmm. stuff here, but it's not common that you get to talk to married couples that are mm -hmm. in business together. And I would love to pick your guys' brains in terms of like what <laughs> challenges that presents, but then also, you know, the benefits of it and, and how you guys have navigated that over the years. Cause it sounds like oh, you kind of had your own things and then you, you kind of came together. And is this, is this the first like real, like significant venture you've done together? It sounds yeah, like you've well, been in it, support of each other for a long time. It came along organically. Um, we didn't think, that we would be here. I thought he would launch the cookie cutter software for me and then move along and do something else. <laughs> um, but then I wanted to fill him in and we um, were like, well, if it doesn't sell, we use it because we had a print farm selling cookie cutters. So we were like, sure. you know, at least this way we could still use it. We're not going to be out anything. And that just took off me designing, you know, unique gradients like uh, blue to pink that transitions through purple that people never saw before. Yeah. And so that really just people kept eating it up. And um, so that kept growing. And then people wanted more features on Cookie Cad. So we just kept working at it. And then COVID hit. And so now we have nothing else to do but work <laughs> on the business together because um, no one's going anywhere anyway. And that's when things really took off for us um, in Cookie Cad. And it was, I think, the same difficult as, you know, we were already in the lockdown living together. So mm -hmm. it didn't matter that we were working together because we were home together all day anyway. Okay. 
So it just kind of sure. like worked. I mean, there, you know, it comes with its with its challenges. Um, when it, was, it started, it was fine though, and then. <laughs> like work-life balance you have to be able to um you know somehow separate it it's very difficult when you're working from home as well and right. so after covid uh we did get an office and that that helps a lot yeah Getting we some have separation. an office outside the home where we can go there and i can you know fulfill cookie cutter orders or you know just work on other things he can go code and take meetings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that way when we're home we don't feel like because i kept felt feeling like i was at work all the time mm -hmm. and then if i like if right. the kids were out of the house because i'm also still a mom that's like my full-time job as well so if i was home and i had like 10 minutes to catch up on reality tv i felt guilty like yeah. sitting on the couch mm -hmm. and not doing work so getting the office really helped like me mentally feel like I'm not always at work. I can also like take a brain break. Yeah. Um, and we can also have a place to take meetings. We didn't do that here. Now we're home because our kids are away. <laughs> I've uh, sure. I've always called that separation of church and state. So I've been a I haven't been employed by anybody else for almost 20 years now. So before I I did Repcord, I was a I was a freelance web developer and I found the exact same thing that you guys did. Like I needed to physically get out of the house just to create that separation of space. Uh, the last two places I live, I like I just took like a tough shed and converted it into a little office outside. And just having that, you know, 20 yeah. feet of separation and psychologically like leaving the house and then, you know, coming home. I mean, it happens to be also while we were doing the business out of our home, the business spilled literally all throughout our home. There were three yeah. printers everywhere. Yeah. And then, the last filament shipment that we got, we were getting the filament shipments to our house and then shipping from our garage. Mm -hmm. And the last filament order that we got was something like nine pallets. And uh, somehow we fit nine pallets in our garage. We, we, we have pictures of her like climbing over the boxes. Yeah. Wow. It was a one car garage. And we have pictures of her like climbing over the boxes, like with little alleyways to try to like figure out where things were going. And then we ordered our first uh, container, but we didn't have a warehouse. So I put the, I needed a destination. So yeah. the destination was our residential home. Yeah. <laughs> for, Which is a common this. starting point. And so yeah. I'm like, yes, but it Scrambling to find it, a warehouse. Uh, there's exactly. I'm like, there was no way that that container could show up at our house. Also, the way it works they were is. Like, you have two hours to unload. And we're like, how are us two, like, a, tiny human how am i gonna <laughs> unload pallets worth of filament like yeah the I'm way on. it works is container shows up you have two hours to unload and then it's gone and, and where are we putting it <laughs> we right. didn't have the garage was full right. wow. to put it. then i spent i spent while so we spent some time and we desperately literally we got the warehouse i think like two days before it arrived at port and then we're like change the address <laughs> Jeez. Wow. I mean, that's such a classic hustle story because like, I, I remember yep. a similar thing when I was in film. It's like I, I drive my pickup truck down and then like it would load the bed. Down, and this was just one pallet 
of material, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, you don't, you're not, all these systems are set up for like warehousing, forklifts, like mm -hmm. all this equipment that, you know, you just don't have. And so you got to figure out how to hustle when you're first oh, getting I, started. I didn't even know what half these terms were. I was like, what's a, I'm like, what's a lift gate, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, you need a lift gate. I'm like, do yes, I? You need I don't a lift know. Gate. How does trucks work? <laughs> so, so if we can, I'd like to dive a little bit into the business model of of CookieCAD and and like explore the ways in which you guys are are making money. Um, you know, out of this out of this venture, if you don't mind. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So could you guys like kind of share some of the, you know, like what, what you guys are doing in terms of, you know, it sounds like you have, you know, your, your cookie CAD software, uh, maybe a subscription model. Um, I know Melissa mentioned, you know, doing some sort of, you know, custom cookie cutters, um, you know, and then you have your cookie CAD filament. Are there any other things that you guys are doing to build this, you know, cookie CAD empire, if you will? Yeah. What are the, re what are the <laughs> yeah. revenue streams and what's the split on mm -hmm. them? Oh, sure. So we started when we first started, we basically the way I kind of looked at it, I, you know, I, I was lucky enough because we had sold our other company that I had the some time to be able to figure out what, you know, what works and what doesn't. So during that time, we kind of launched a whole series of kind of I just call them experiments um, just to see sure. what works and what doesn't. So we had the cookie cutter software that we then launched as a premium model, um, okay. premium yeah. subscription options. So we had uh, people paying for subscriptions for, it was a, pre a premium model. So we had free features, we had paid features. Uh, we had the filament. Wait, the paid features give you more advanced tools to create more unique designs. Okay. So, oh, um, okay. Um, you can do like multi cutters. So like, let's say you need a heart cookie cutter. It would be like four heart cookie cutters at once. You can stamp faster. Um, oh, that's clever. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So there's uh, a bunch of other features that you might want to use that you can choose to pay for, or you can get the, you know, free version for the power of just the standard value. cookie cutter. And it works the same and has the same quality as the premium features but you know some people wanted more designs yeah some um, good value add that's a, it seems like a it's a proven model mm -hmm. right like the, some you know and some try before you buy let people get yeah. it and then say if they want to go to more that's so that's cool so what if i can ask so what uh what type of conversion do you guys see on you know people that are are using and then actually convert to the paid like percentage any idea so what's really interesting about that is we, when we launched it, the way that I did it was we had a free version and we had a few thousand monthly active users using the free one. Mm -hmm. And I figured let's, uh, let's add the premium. The first premium feature that I made, my thought was people were like, I'm getting benefit of this. Let me pay you. I was like, well, we don't have anything for you to pay us for because it's free. So then I launched the first uh, features that were premium. The first features, I figured there wasn't enough value yet. Okay. So what I did was I made three plans, uh, an annual, a monthly, and a pay whatever you want, even zero. Uh, despite that, a ton of people paid. It was really very surprising. There were all these people who just signed up for the even the monthlies, um, and then people would pay the pay what you want, um, and they would get 90 days access for that, um, but they could have paid nothing. and gotten all the same features. Um, 
I have never removed that. <laughs> I plan to at some point um, uh, at least reduce it. Um, uh, but it's still there. And despite having a completely free option um, at some point this year, or was it last year, uh, the subscription for that broke six figures um, of revenue wow. was just for the cookie cutters. Now it's not just in the US. Uh, we have people using it, you know, right. I'll do tech support in other languages with Google That's Translate. Uh, which is nice. Um, software being, you know, it's a global yeah. sort of idea. We have Mexico, Australia, Spain, the UK, like really random countries where you wouldn't, I don't know, everywhere. Wow. So that's, that's the, that's just the cookie cutter subscription. Now the, now the other sort of experiments that we had launched at the time is we created a marketplace for people to create their own designs and then we would make cookie cutters and fulfill them. Mm -hmm. Um, that one was not a success. I don't, uh, I did put a lot of effort into building it, but I don't, um, it didn't really mm -hmm. take off. Do not um, recommend, huh? Well, the idea was that artists would be able to, you know, have their shops open and they would be pushing their designs and they wouldn't want to, you know, have a 3D printer and run it. They'd be like, right. hey, you can buy my designs. Right. But okay. It, it didn't take off for one reason or another. I don't really know if we didn't, you know, did just so that, get yeah. in the right way or people weren't pushing their own shops. Mm, sure. Mm. What do you what do you feel like the main yeah learnings the takeaways from that are because obviously the, the that's not without precedent there's there are models out there mm -hmm. where people can you know there are models in fact um, I was looking at like uh, Cafe Press Zazzle and various totally. other companies right. and how they that's, price it that's the idea. it's very possible at least partially it was a focus thing you know we launched all these different things we wanted to see what mm -hmm. takes um, that one wasn't taken as well it's uh, maybe the, needed more work. Maybe it probably, yeah, for. you know, I, I don't know entirely. It also didn't make a, it didn't, we did, I didn't, I don't, I haven't done a super big postmortem on it because mm -hmm. we had other ones that were working. And so we just kind of sure. did work as opposed to what didn't work. If anything, I would say the lesson learned is do exactly that. Try more than one thing mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and just go with whatever works. You know, we, we've talked about this before, and this a lot of this goes back to like the writings of like a Tim Ferriss, uh, you know, the the four hour work week, you know, testing things yeah. out. Uh, mm -hmm. He was a big advocate for like seeing if there's a market before you really invest a ton of energy in it. Obviously, that's a there's a balance to that, right? Because you can't just sell on vaporware. I mean, plenty of people do, uh, but. <laughs> But, you know, you need to put a, a reasonable amount of effort in. But you, you said something that, that really resonates, and I think it's a common theme that we've noticed, is that the focus, the F word. Um, that is a big challenge, especially in the maker world, right? Because we all, like, have these great ideas, and we want to do all of them. Um, but as an entrepreneur, as a business operator, we find that that can be absolutely devastating to your success when you're you got too many irons in the fire. So can you guys talk about that feeling for you? I mean, you gave us one example there. Have you felt uh, the draw to want to try a bunch of other stuff, but are forcing yourselves to like stay a little bit more laser focused? What are you thinking? Well, you want to? No, go ahead. All right. Well, um, we also sell bulk cookie cutters. 
So because we have a print farm, we're able to do that. So, you know, we've gotten contracts from Netflix and Paramount Pictures. Wow, that's fantastic. And Nickelodeon doing like bulks for them, which is I do the packaging and the shipping and some of the printing on those. Um, so that's been really lucrative at the time. Like we'll get a contract and it'll give like a huge amount of money at one time, but they're usually one-time deals. Like they're not coming back every month for cookie cutters because they'll have for a special event. Mm -hmm. So that's been really interesting and it's given us some good money, but I recently said like, we should probably pause this because Nathan is also building CADIT, which is an easy to use CAD software. And he, that's passion. He's passionate about that. He sees like a really good mm-hmm. um, need for it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you can't be trying to get these big bulk orders and also mm-hmm. writing software and running everything else. So, like we don't want to run out of our filament inventory and yeah. for two people to sure. run all these lines of business, it's been difficult. So even though that one is making us money, we're not sure that we have the time focus sure. on that one sure uh, we talk about mm-hmm. opportunity costs all the time too yep. a lot of times you just if you're you're making one decision there's only so many hours in the day you guys are lucky mm-hmm. that you've got you know you're 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 a dynamic duo and you can kind of divide and conquer in some things but obviously you you're also parents and you want to have balance in your mm-hmm. life and stuff too so you're constantly trying to well if we do this or we what what is it going to be at the sake of right so i mm-hmm. think it's smart that you guys at least sound like you're having those conversations and those realizations and where is the passion yeah you're not wrong we've we've probably fallen into the same traps that everybody does and when these sorts of things we should be a lot more focused than we are yep. uh part of it is just you know the creatives in us and we like following sure fun threads yeah. <laughs> um, you know so it's the the fun new project it's always much more exciting than like the existing one which is just becomes a matter of like logistics and filling out spreadsheets yeah. and <laughs> emails you know yeah yeah which to be fair i think is is okay i think we need to allow ourselves to as uh, uh as makers you know the time to just do the for funsy stuff or to try stuff out because like that's kind of what keeps you sane too like you said a lot of what what keeps the cash coming in and all that stuff is the non-glamorous stuff, right? Like, you know, doing mm-hmm. the admin work, doing, you know, the purchasing, like all the things that we know none of us want to be doing, but are vastly critical to mm-hmm. the, you know, ongoing success, the selling and all that stuff. Kevnerd yep. in the chat mentions you guys are you guys are in uh um micro center. Your 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 product oh, yeah. is in there. So you're you're actually you've got some distribution out there. Yeah, that was in, super exciting for us. Yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, Micro Center was is uh, is a really great partner. Um, we would love to partner really with lots of three D print stores. It's just hard to find them. Micro Center happens to have a whole bunch of stores, um, but we're in uh, Ecovate in North Carolina. Um, we're going to be in Texas Filament Supply. Uh, I think she's actually getting her first shipment today. Wow! Um, oh wow! So we're going to be in a couple of, uh, you know, various other mom and pops that have single stores, but hopefully some of these individual 3D print stores will uh, start to grow as well. I love, I love brick and mortar 3D printing shops. I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I just, I love it. I don't know, there's something about seeing your product, you know, 
be mm-hmm. able to peruse and come home with it. Well, especially in your line yeah. of work, right? Like when you're dealing with uh, people that are artistic and they, they like, you know, you, you can't glean the same thing from looking at the sample on the screen as you get when mm-hmm. you're holding it and you can see the oh, shade and the way the light hits it and all that stuff and telling the difference between mattes and glossies and all that. So, um, okay, so the revenue streams we've talked about, so you obviously have filament mm-hmm. sales, you have your, your print farm, your cookie cutter sales, you've got some software side of things. So you, you seem like you're reasonably diversified. And then you'd mentioned too, you're working on some new CAD software as well. Are you planning to monetize that in a similar freemium uh, structure or is that going to be different? So that, that would be probably, that's my guess. Um, you know, I, with the cookie cutter software, we kind of just saw it as it came. That was always the plan. Um, I'm kind of just waited for like that opportunity. Okay. What premium features can we put there? Um, with Cadet, that's kind of my idea as well. I figure what we'll do is we'll have a, a something that's useful, a base level that's useful. Uh, the same way with the cookie cutter, you can do unlimited basic cookie cutters in there. We would have some base level, and then maybe we can come up with something. Uh, I don't have it yet, uh, but it doesn't. I don't need it yet. You know, at some point we can come up with something that's like, okay, here is something that people would be uh, willing to pay for, right? Here's something that. Um, would add value maybe businesses would see something that we could just make something a lot easier for them um Padet does have an another alternative theoretical revenue stream uh which is to just keep it free and then uh sell it to educational institutes um mm. one thing that i found really interesting is that if you google cookie cad um the software what you end up finding is a whole bunch and i found this almost by accident. Uh, the first time I found it was because the, the software actually went down and it had what some people messaging us. What we found, well, what we found was uh, that there's a ton of libraries that use CookieCAD to teach the 3D printing. And the reason uh, that oh. they do this is because they're able to, in the span of like 45 minutes to an hour, they can take somebody who's never seen 3D printing before mm-hmm. and they can say, okay, sketch out a design and they can take them from design to model to slice to 3D print, and it's a fast print, so they could even go home with it or come back the next day and pick it up, and they're able to go from something they wow. shape they came up with to a product in their hand, um, and it's and our cutting cutter, it's a relatable object. Yeah. And it's useful. It's not just a toy, and so mm-hmm. um, they're, they've just been doing these classes, and they, you, they've never, they never really, like, reached out about it because it's just free so they just found it and they went on mm-hmm. and they did it yeah um and uh there was one comp one a teacher that reached out and she said they're using it in their stem class they have uh they have a combination of a um business and the science stuff and on the stem side they're using the 3d printers and then on the business side they calculate the cost of the filament and come up with like some kind of business you know the students are supposed to come up with something um and they were using the the cookie cutter software kind of as their basis for that's really cool yeah that makes a ton of sense and it's it's a really Mm -hmm. fascinating thing and you you kind of stumbled upon this but just by mining your analytics at some point and saw where so the first time i found the education was when the software went down and someone's like i'm teaching a class when's it going to be back yeah okay okay And then yeah, I did yeah. it, and then it was just from some like Googling and some, yeah, mostly because, you know, most of the people that are using it, they don't ever necessarily reach out. 
Um, so I don't necessarily know, but if you Google library cookie cutter, you'll see a whole various libraries. I've found there's a library where you can go to them and they'll make you a cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. You just give them the, your thing and they'll, it's one of the services they offer. Wow. Awesome. So there's, so I feel cool. like all of our stuff that we've done has always been kind of with uh, sort of helping people get into it, right? The cookie cutter software was because the bakers didn't want to use CAD software. And the filament was also just to help consumers use colors that they want to use as opposed to just, you know, because right. they want to have fun with it. Right. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. CAD it, so my, my dream after we made the cookie cutter software was to make a more general use kind of CAD software. And I was, um, and I came and I, and I had this kind of vision for a while. And then at some point I found some kind of open source MIT licensed thing that was licensed for commercial, um, that I was able to kind of, uh, use as well. And I, and, you know, putting all these various pieces together, um, we were able to, uh, launch Cadet, which is still not officially launched. We're still in a kind of our, uh, baby stages, baby beta kind of early beta stages. Um, I do have a vision for what I want it to be able to do once it gets into its past, it's, um, beta. And I want it to be similar to the, um, cookie cutter maker where, there's one kind of killer use case, something that you can do in there that makes it a lot easier that you couldn't easily do in other software. And I have a couple of ideas for that. And that's when we'll be officially released. Nice. Very cool. Nice. So is that, is that what you're looking at as the, you know, I, I like to ask, I guess, um, when, when I talk to people that have multiple revenue streams, like what's the growth lever, right? And so <laughs> is it when you guys are looking to the future, you investing in more of the software development? Is it a little bit, are you trying to like dole out a little bit of your attention to each of these verticals or I don't know if it's a vertical, but you know what I mean? Each of these streams, mm-hmm. um, what's your strategy there? Or, or are you just kind of seeing where the wind takes you? It seems like you're kind of testing some stuff out, see how it feels. Uh, it's a great question. Um, it's actually a question that we ask ourselves every day, mm. uh, because, <laughs> um, there, you know, each, whatever you do spend time on does take time away from the other. I can tell you that just the reason it's a big question is because we've seen, so the cookie cutter software has had growth. Um, Cadet is new, so we don't know yet. We'll have to do a real launch and then, and then measure and see. Um, and the filament has been growing, you know, uh, it's been probably more than doubling each year that we've had it. That's been seeing wow. some growth. Um, so those are growing. Absolutely. Those deserve attention. Yeah. The bulk cookie cutters are good for paying the bills. Um, they bring in money. We have not seen growth, right? So basically whatever's what's been happening for the last, like about three years is between September and the end of the year, we get inundated with end of year corporate just gifts, right? So people are like, I want to make a unique gift, send it to my employees, send it to my customer. Mm-hmm. They just want some kind of special gift and they want it to be custom, maybe their logo shape or maybe something that their company has some meaning for them. And the cookie cutter works because it's a, we do the cookie cutter and a stamp and it just like kind of look, it's in their shape. So it does the branding. Um, So that one, you know, pays the bills, but it's not, um, but it's not been growing. That one doesn't really, you know, I was thinking maybe we could grow that and have it work year round. We ran ads for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And throughout from January through September, we get here and there. Uh, not much. And so, you know, what do we do about that? Do we shut it down? Do we could do continue to operate it on the side and it's a side hustle? Yeah. You know, these are great questions. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, sure. We don't have easy answers. Yeah, well, <laughs> if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Um, yeah. You guys, awesome. And we're closing out on a solid 60 here. So we got about five minutes left just as a, oh. as a time check for mm -hmm. you. I know time flies when you're having time fun. Time fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is this is really, really cool stuff. And I'm glad to hear how much you've grown. I wanted to ask you one more thing about the filament because that feels like it's such a saturated competitive space when you look at all the options out there. But I think in just hearing you guys talk about it, what's neat, point of distinction or a value add for you is is obviously what you've done to market to that specific niche of you know bakers mm -hmm. and all that stuff or, or, or artistically minded especially where where the aesthetics are more important because you're not you're not looking to compete on on value uh you know just like basic utilitarian product mm -hmm. right like it's like i want unique different color blends stuff like that what would you attribute your success there given all the other options that people have? And you're not making the filament yourselves, right? So you guys are basically right. white labeling, uh, which means even less margin for you guys on that stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah we have a manufacturer making our filament. We, you know, tried out a few manufacturers to get a really good, you know, palette. So our, we're really happy with the quality and we try to bring it down as low as possible so that we're approachable, but um, we obviously also have to make money. So mm -hmm. that's usually where our price point comes around. Um, we're always nervous. Like there's huge players in the game. Like where do we fit in? Mm -hmm. Is this just going to end one day, mm -hmm. you know? And so we're just trying to keep our, you know, I don't try to look at other companies, what they're doing. I really, don't try to like sometimes i'll we'll be naming our filament and find out oh this company has the same name but it's just because we try not to see what other people are doing and just try to come up with unique ideas and mm -hmm. push the industry forward and right I mean, now it's it's a great question and you know as far as that that right but there's there are a lot of companies out there in crowded spaces that have mm -hmm. a market and uh, what it comes down to is are what is the perception of your company out there in the market and i think sure. we've built a really good kind of brand awareness um our first initial boost just if, uh was actually one of our first like kind of like where you know where we were like oh boom I, we didn't even know what was happening at first it was when these dragons got really popular and then suddenly mm. everybody wanted mm. filaments um and since then, since those days, there's an entirely, uh, it's really like a new economy, right? Around designers releasing models, people making those models and selling them at craft shares and on Etsy and in mm -hmm. all these places. Mm -hmm. And we fit into that model by making the kinds of uh, colors and styles and stuff right. that will help them sell their product. Right. And so where we were, you know, we're constantly thinking about what, you know, people can use our colors for. Mm -hmm. And we try to mm -hmm. listen to our customers and they'll give us ideas of things they want. And Yeah, you know, filament is a consumable. So that means that people are repeat buyers. This yep. isn't a one-time yep. buy. We don't have to convince somebody to buy uh, one time and spend, put all of that, you know, kind of customer acquisition costs and then they're gone. Yep. Um, it's yep. a repeat 
business. We have customers that are coming back again, 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 again. And so when we're uh, putting our product out there, um, what we want to do is we want to give off a, we want to show we're accessible. We're here in New York. Maybe the filament's not made here, but we're here. Um, I do think that helps a lot when people are looking at, should I buy from Sunlu or from- Stand these, behind you know, our product. Um, we're making sure the quality is always top notch. The other thing is that the industry is growing all the time. And in a growing industry, um, it's, their opportunity is kind of a little bit open, right? There's, yeah. it's, there's, sure. there's an opportunity. It, it is a crowded space. Um, and so in a crowded space, you have to stand out. I can tell you that um, from a third party perspective, when Micro Center approached us, what they told us is they said, we like the colors, we like the packaging, we like the box, we like, yeah. we think it would look on the shelves. So that's what we had there, right? Um, you know, in the sea of stuff at Micro Center, people like- Oh, it shows really well retail. I've seen some photos of you mm -hmm. guys in there and stuff. Like, in, yeah. in a lot of ways, it's like wine marketing, right? Where it's like <laughs> the the prettier the label, like you're just trying to grab yep. attention yes. as somebody's walking by. And you guys have put, you obviously have great design chops. You put a lot of energy in, into it. You get, In fact, Melissa gave me a spool. I think it was at Earth last year and it's one of my favorites i've used it on a couple different projects mm -hmm. uh and it's uh it's some really good stuff so check it out you guys if you haven't seen it go to the website take a look but they're also in micro center if you want to go uh to your local place and just get us put it in your hands see how it actually looks it's great stuff awesome yeah. well listen i want to thank you guys for spending the time with us today that was really cool uh, and and i'm very interested to hear how you guys do as you continue to grow and uh launch these new software ventures and all the things that i'm sure you haven't even thought of yet i can tell the future is bright for you too uh and and that uh there is there is hope for um uh other couples out there that might want to strike out uh, on, on a, uh, venture together as well so that you can maintain the balance and not drive each other crazy. Uh, and hopefully hey, you had Courtney on recently. She, she works with her husband. Yeah. Oh, well, Chris is like <laughs> yes. next level. Amazing. Mm -hmm. They're an amazing pair. You've, well, you've met them both, right? Yeah. 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 So yes. Yes. So there, it works on occasion. I'm sure. It also <laughs> we also do drive each other crazy. But I think that's just par for the course with any couple, right? That's the yeah. realities of, <laughs> of any relationship for sure. Yeah. You guys, yeah. thank you so much. Have a fantastic time. Everybody, if it you're still it's a fun industry and we can have fun, it is know? like the best. And when here, here, let's, let's get some plugs in real quick. Uh, what's the next event that people can catch you guys at? Murph. 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 Midwest Rep Rap Festival. That's coming Will you up. Be there? Uh, I'm not going to be there this year. I have a big family event mm -hmm. coming up and it's in the middle of summer. Uh, but I believe, uh, Murph is what mi uh, it's, it's end June, of, end of this month, June, right? June 23rd, June right? 23rd. I believe. In Andrew, Goshen. Be there? Goshen. Unfortunately, Gloop's going to have to pass on this year. Um, but, uh, we are planning on, uh, another big events just just a little bit later. <laughs> just around the corner. So stay tuned on that. Yep. It's just going to be us in Indiana. <laughs> no, nah, there'll be plenty of other people there. It's a, it's a good show. People in the chat are going. Mitch, are you going to be there with the backpack? Mitch will be there. <laughs> Mitch will be there. Yeah, good. 
Well, listen, guys, thank you so much. I want to wish everybody a happy weekend to you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode, and we will be back next week with another episode of Maker That Money where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. Until then, everybody, make on. Have a great weekend. I love hobby trees. Jobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you.